Gym Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Ramage. And in this episode, I interview Kenny Marquardt. Kenny is the owner of Sandpoint Strength and Conditioning in Idaho. And I met Kenny a couple of years ago, actually over a phone conversation while he was on the beautiful beaches of Mexico and I was not. And so uh, this is a very fun conversation listening to Kenny's stories about the humble beginnings of being a gym owner and making it to a place where the gym can operate without him for over a month. This is a great interview if you want to learn how to level up your business. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Kenny. How are you doing? I'm well, Scott. All things considered, I think that's a, a loaded answer these days, but I'm, I'm good. <laughs> It is. It is. Uh, the timing of this podcast, we have um, started to hear rumors of more closures for COVID. So yeah, that is a pretty loaded question. Yes. Uh, so I've known you kind of off and on through Level Method for what, two years now? Year and a half? I think it's two and a half, I want to oh, say. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're well, no. Yeah. Because we're coming up on our two year, I think, from starting with Level Method. So that's awesome. Two years. Yeah. So one thing I remember about when we first talked, um, you were in, you were actually in Mexico on a vacation with your wife, which right. I was like, this dude's got it figured out. He's on vacation. But then I was like, <laughs> like talking about business on vacation. So I wasn't quite sure or not. <laughs> that was part of So that, that one, we were there for a little over two weeks. I think it was like 18 days or something. And, uh, you know, I think like, like I'm pretty routine oriented. And I knew like two weeks without anything to do, I'll go nuts. Like I'll just start destroying things and finding problems and, you know, or just be a, a waste and just eat and drink and never. So anyways, uh, we tried to work on the, on those vacations. And, so it's planned um, now that when I talked with you, it was just you and your wife, you hadn't, your, your son wasn't with you. I think yeah. when your in-laws or your parents had your son and was bringing him soon or something of that nature. Am I, am I remembering correctly? that's right wow yeah. man that's awesome um yeah you're right so and part of that was so i think from memory we did about a week by ourselves just my wife and i and then during that time he was staying with my uh, wife's parents in california and then they put him on a plane to fly down and meet us in mexico and he was five at the time and you know i think one of the things kind of like we we're talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but like you, you think people have under control and they're like, Oh, cool. Like, so your, your son, you fly down to Mexico, you spend two weeks down there, you do a week with your wife, your, your son flies down there and meets you. That's so cool. Meanwhile, we, we sent our five-year-old on a plane, an international flight to Mexico alone. And you, <laughs> you, which, okay, cool. Like it's, how you know, it's that, airlines. How does that even work? I didn't know they, you could even do that. I, don't know. Uh, I don't know that I'd recommend it <laughs> to at least internet, like domestically air travel is so like restricted and like you come in one hole and you go out the other. There's no Mexico is a little different. We were standing outside and we both acted like we won't, weren't nervous about it. And we both acted like, Oh, what could go wrong? Like he's on a plane. How could he same thing? You know, he goes in one terminal, he comes out the other, we'll be right there waiting for him. And you are standing there on the other side of the terminal where they're supposed to come out where there's like a 200 yard stretch of people who are trying to sell you everything and dolphin tours and rental cars and whatever else 
And we're watching this, this happen and no other kids are coming out. There's nobody that works there. It's just all like, it's just all uh, tourism people. And so we start paying, I'm start losing my, I'm like, this is the dumbest thing we've ever done. We've lost our, our only, our only child is now roaming somewhere in Mexico or he's being sold (laughs) or whatever. So we could have a week alone in Mexico without him. Um, He came out, so he came out unscathed. It was actually, it was, I said, I wouldn't recommend it, but, but um, Alaska, I think it was, that was phenomenal. He came out with uh, he had a little liaison. She walked him out. He had a necklace on and she like, Oh, he was great. He watched movies the whole time. And he had, he had a time in his life. So it worked out, but man, was that scary. (laughs) I bet, I bet they get probably the best attention when they're that young and they're traveling. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they let it happen, but he probably had someone locked with him the entire time. So. Did. Yeah, he, he definitely did. And that's uh, awesome. Like I said, it's just weird. You don't see anybody that like in the United States. You Oh, there, I'll go talk to them. They'll know what's going on. They'll know something to call right Not down there. No, different. No. no, the guy selling dolphin dolphin tours could care less about your kids. Right. <laughs> He's going to try and sell me a dolphin tour. And then maybe he'll try and get in touch with somebody who might know something about my <laughs> right. missing child. Hey, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my biggest question is, um, I think, I think, if I were still a gym owner, I'd be going, so I need to get to know this Kenny guy more because I need a business like his so I can take a two week vacation to <laughs> Mexico. But then, but then hang on. I just found out you went for a month this year. At Level Method, we're constantly searching for ways to make your life as a gym owner easier. And that's why we created our social media service that makes you look like you're putting in tons of hours or paying someone an arm and a leg. Get six professional themed text and image posts each week, four weeks at a time. Check out levelmethod.com social for more info. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so... We live in North Idaho. Uh, we moved from Southern California, which is another story probably, but um, February in North Idaho is, uh, is for real. Like that's a real winter. We get, we get people that move here from Colorado or other places with winter and they're like, oh yeah, wait, no, we get it. Snow, no big deal. I'm like, no, this is different. So anyways, February is like the time you either get divorced or you go on vacation. It's like pretty much one of those two things. <laughs> and so what we figured, we, we talked to our mentor the year before the two week trip. We talked to our mentor at two brain and said, Hey, these are the things we were doing on our, our vivid vision type stuff before it was called vivid, vivid vision. And one of the things was we want to not be in sandpoint for February. It's just rough. Like we, why not? We we're dreaming. Let's just say we skip February because the rest of the year is amazing. We're skiing in January. We ski in yeah. March. I'm outside fishing and hunting the rest of the year, pretty much. And uh, February is the one that I could just, take off the calendar. So we said to her, all right, we want to be down here for a month in February. And at the time I was like, this is the crazy, like, why, why you don't even write that down? Like I might as well put, I'm going to fly. And uh, sure enough, we wrote it down and we put those things, we kind of work backwards. And this is what I do with a lot of my people at you right now. So you just, okay, where do you want to go? And now we work backwards. And so we did the two weeks and kind of like saw how that went. And then uh, that went great. You know, you're nervous, of course, but nothing, nothing out of the ordinary happened. And by the way, I should interject. My staff is incredible. Like I owe so much to them. Like without them, I wouldn't be able to do any of these things. So, but in any case, we, uh, after that trip, I think a couple months later, we said, cool, let's do it. Let's do a month. 
And uh, so we, we booked uh, for the month of February and went down there, worked while we were down there, you know, took calls, had meetings with employees over Zoom before Zoom was cool and did right a lot of our planning. Cool. Yeah. Right before, yes, yes. And that's kind of the punchline. So uh, before that trip, one of our mentors had said, hey, you're a small business owner. Like, don't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, hey, watch yourself. It was kind of a, hey, look, you're a small business owner. Like you're going to get sucked back in and you're going to move forward. Like that's just kind of the ebb and flow of how these things work. Like don't, you know, it was kind of like, hey, don't get too comfortable. Like just kind of pay attention. It wasn't a warning. It wasn't a prediction of a pandemic, but it turned out to be quite, quite accurate. So we go to Mexico, think we're on top of the world. Things, the business goes great. Uh, again, employees and staff are phenomenal. We owe the world to them. But uh, COVID, we kind of would like read about it or hear about it while we were down there. Yeah, uh, It wasn't anything like I just kind of, it was like any other news story. I felt like, okay, there's this thing going on, whatever. And then uh, our last day as we're packing up, there's another guy down there, another American. He says, uh, hey man, I think this COVID, I think this is going to be a thing. What do you think? And I remember like, kind of like, yeah, sure. All right. And I kind of roll my eyes and I roll my bag over to the car and I say to my wife, man, I thought we'd get away from all that, like, you know, crazy fear base, whatever the news down here. And sure enough, there's somebody down here who's telling me about this COVID thing. Like it's going to be this, this problem we're going to have to deal with. What an idiot. What a crazy car and drive off. (laughs) (laughs) You fly home, nothing really out of the ordinary on the flight home. And I think 10 days later, the gym was closed. Um, So it was totally that like, hey, top of the world, we've got this figured out. What could possibly go wrong to like, oh my gosh, the rug has been pulled out from under us. Are we going to have a business in next month? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the pinnacle. I mean, you spent a month away from your business. I remember when I was in um, at one of the, it was in Chicago, one of the two brain conferences back when you could have them. Um, and uh, it was the first time I heard it in a, and I, I think it was Chris that said it, it was a, can you survive the bus test? Can you survive, can your business survive getting, if you were to get hit by a bus today? And I I would think that leaving for a month and coming back to a a well-run machine is surviving the bus test. It really, well, like, yeah, I'd love to say that that was the reason we did it, which is, it was twofold, of course, like the same with the two. So we, the first group we did was about a week. That was when we planned on, actually, that was when we planned on going for a month. And then the following was, okay, can it survive for two weeks without us? Then can it survive for a month without us? And uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, there's there's some tests and some stress tests. You can't figure out what holes in the dam you have your fingers in until you walk away. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is this is a really good conversation point because I think a lot of gym owners feel com- like hand tied. They are tied literally some way to their business, and um, I mean that's that's literally like being in a prison if you think about it, I mean, you're literally imprisoned to your own business. And then there's a lot of pride in that, that business needs you. Now you've, yeah. you've elevated yeah. through the ranks and now you're a two brain mentor. So you're helping other gym members. Like, what do you feel like the strongest or the most, the biggest thing holding back people from taking that leap of really creating a system where they can be free from their business like you are? You know, that's a great question. I think delegation, like you said, like the ego and like feeling that you have to do everything for a couple of reasons. One is it's because they think nobody else is going to do it as well as they are. Right. 
too, because of, because of, uh, it's not a imposter syndrome, but it's like, and I don't deserve this. Like, you know, I think we're, I feel really fortunate to own my gym, whether I'm, you know, I felt like that from day one, there's some times of burnout, of course, but from day one, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these people want to come to my gym and do what I'm telling them to do. Like, this is so freaking cool. I left the job that I hated and now I get to do it for fun. Not for fun, but I get to do it for a living and it's fun. And so you get, a, there's a little bit of guilt and feeling like I don't deserve, like, eh, I make enough money or I should like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a little bit of that, like, I can't elevate through the ranks because that's just not like, I don't deserve to do that in a way. And I see that a lot too, where it's like, well, I started this thing so I could coach. It's like, okay, well, what happens after that? And then who do you coach? You know, are you going to do every class forever? Because I can tell you, it doesn't, it's not fun on a Friday at 5.30 when someone asks you what a power clean is and you know they've been there for four years and you want to punch them. Like that's not a healthy relationship with your clients either. Um, so those two things kind of seem to, and, and the ability to like, I think that uh, being comfortable taking, being comfortable like with mis mistakes happening due to employees or people being frustrated that you're moving through the ranks. That's a tr real tricky one. I feel like is that, you know, people, a lot of times when they start their gyms, like they're doing everything and people sign up and they're used to candy coaching every class. Yep. And so there's a little bit of pull when people don't see you doing that anymore. And that's really hard. That's been one of the biggest challenges for me personally is getting over that and knowing that like, this is the best thing for the business far and away. If it might not please you know, the five to 10% of people who are like, wait a minute, where are you going? Yeah. You're, you're ruffling their feathers. I mean, it's, it's changed. They, you know, so often a gym is built on the owner, you know, doing everything, being, wearing all hats. And then, um, as they transition, that's change. Nobody like yeah. just don't do well with change. And I think something that, um, I've, I've learned over time was we really should, uh, hire people that are probably able to do better than us. They have the capacity to do better, better than us. Like, yeah, I, I was a good coach, but once I hired someone that was a better coach than me, then I was like, hmm, okay, I can focus on bigger things. I can, I can be more important in the customer journey. I can make sure that we have retention and, you know, all these other things. So there's a, there's a level of pride that has to go away. So you had this evolution. I mean, I'm sure you've owned the gym for eight years, standpoint, um, strength and conditioning in Idaho, Northern Idaho. You've owned this for eight years. Was it just you? Was it you and your wife? Like, tell me about the, the early days of standpoint. Yeah. So this is a, so about 10 years ago is I was working a job for a company called paychecks. They do payroll solutions. You know, actually a lot of listeners might use that for their the payroll or ADP, that's kind of the same. They're in the same market. So I was working for them in sales and man, did I suck. <laughs> I hated it and I sucked at it, which those two things are not, if you hate it and you're great at it, that's like a little easier maybe. If you love it and you suck at it, but if you hate it and you suck at it, man, that's a bad, a bad place to be. But at the time it was, uh, we we're still in the recession of 2008 and it was kind of like, okay, cool. I'm super fortunate to have this nice corporate job in Santa Barbara where there's not a lot of jobs. And so I struggled through it. My wife had a, a job at a, a local, a local charter school. 
she actually kind of enjoyed her job. She was not as miserable as I was, but um, I always wanted to be in fitness. Nobody, I feel like nobody in college or, or high school told me that that was an option for a career. And all of a sudden I started to uncover it that, okay, cool. I could probably, I could probably do this. I could be a personal trainer. I could coach others. I could do whatever. And um, so my wife knows I'm miserable. We talk about it. We have these conversations. Hey, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? She's like, at this point, like, I don't care, do something, but I'm tired of hearing about how much you hate this. Yeah. And so we're out on a hike one day and, um, at the time we had a, uh, I think she was probably two years old, a little Staffordshire Terrier. She's running around like crazy. And we were living in a 900 square foot apartment. That was about $2,500 a month in rent, which is probably not unfamiliar to most people listening to this in other parts of the country, in Southern California, whatever. It's probably pretty normal, but, um, like, man, is this what we want to do? Like, do we want to live here in this rat race? Like if I jump, if I leave this job, I'm probably going to find another corporate job that I hate. And I'm just going to do this for 30 years and be miserable forever until I retire. Maybe if I make it. And, um, I kind of said, no, like, this isn't like, let's go see what else is out there. Like we know there's better things. We're pretty, we're young. We have no obligations. I think I was, uh, 26 at the time wife was the same age. We said, you know what, let's go try something else. We both had lived in California our whole lives. And uh, we wanted to kind of stretch out, see what else is out there. And so we put a plan together to move up to Northern Idaho to a town of 7,000 people. On a, and, and we were going to do this with just packing whatever we could fit in our vehicles, selling all the other things we wow. could, quitting our jobs and moving up here. We'd never lived up here. I'm not from here. We got married up here because we had vacation up here. We'd skied and been a couple times in the summer um, because my mom had found it while she was on a, a business trip to Spokane, which is a whole other story. But anyways, we, we'd been up here a couple times, but we said, you know what, let's do it. Why not? Let's just make this leap. And I was so clear on what I wanted to do. Oh, by the way, sorry, I, I missed an important part of that. Was my wife's been super into nutrition. She discovered a while ago, she's really gluten intolerant. And then really like dove into that, like what she needed to do uh, to feel healthy and, and be healthy. And she also loves to cook. So it was kind of a natural like hobby for her to, her to look into or, or explore further. And I'd always been into fitness. I was at the time really heavy into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I was doing CrossFit independently uh, at our local gym. And uh, we said, hey, let's move across the country and let's start a gym, <laughs> which is, why not? What a great, what a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so rock solid we do that we yeah. we move up here and um we get we kind of like relax for three months just kind of take the summer off and get settled and try and meet people and it was actually not as easy as it sounded i don't know if that sounds easy or not but it wasn't like this lottie da hey there's the gym let's go put our stuff in it and put our sign up it was really like that was a rough transition you move from a place where you know everybody to a place you don't know anybody and uh all your insecurities come to the surface all your oh my gosh what have we done come to the surface and uh but we had some pretty i don't know that we ever really talked about going back but there were some hard conversations that were had about what are we going to do and how is this going to work so we start that gym we start the gym that we have now we we bumped into two guys that had currently, or that had a little garage gym. Like you can probably picture what I'm talking about. Like a little 900 square foot, small rig, couple of barbells and some weights. I think at the time there was like a washer and dryer in there. Like it was just kind of a little space. And right. 
uh, I was introduced to them and started working out with them. And then I finally approached them and said, Hey, this is what I want to do. Like, let's make a run at this and turn this into a business. And that was, that was it really. We, st- we were off to the races. Uh, I ended up buying them out, I think two years in or so. And then, uh, you know, we had pretty good growth. Things were going pretty well. And uh, I think two years after that. So when, the, when our kid was four, my wife, who was still working at corporate, at a corporate job, um, surprise quit. Like just like was having a meeting with her boss, was really unhappy with what she was doing. <laughs> and we talked about her coming onto the gym full time, but I'm a planner. And I was like, okay, we need to hit these numbers. We need to do this. We need to like, right. make sure we're making the income. And she came home. She said, well, quit my job. <laughs> I said, you what? And uh, after some uh, interesting conversations there, I said, all right, no, that's just, let's do it. Now our backs are against the wall. We have no choice. Let's do this. And it was, in hindsight, like the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. She does our sales and marketing at the gym and she runs our nutrition. Like we talked about doing five wow. years previous. And uh, like I said, it's been, uh, it was terrifying, but it was the best thing that, that had ever happened in the gym. And, and uh, now to be able to work on a project like this, like on our live stream together is it has its nuances, but it's, it's the best thing I could ever ask for, honestly. That's awesome. I love that. I love that story. Um, I, I personally have picked up and move, moved two times in my married life to places where I knew nobody. <laughs> and yeah. it, it is traumatic. I mean, it's not, it's not horrible, but it is a, a lot different than you expect. So that's a, and then to start a business, boy, that would have been a, just adding a little cherry on the top of, of chaos. Um, so, you know, I would, I would mark that a, you know, you're, you're a two brain mentor, which means you've, you've, you've gone through the two brain system. You are, have, um, successfully created a business that has systems and processes in place. You, you said it early on, you have an amazing staff and they can take care of things. Um, what are some of the, your personal tools, your personal, um, skills that have led you to the point where, you know, from the, from the outside looking in, I would say you, you, you successfully own a gym business. Um, like what, what are some of Kenny's superpowers or, or habits that, that help ha, have helped in that? Um, superpowers is like the exact opposite word. And I think that the failing many, many, many times, like screwing it up and figuring out what I did wrong and then doing it right again is the superpower. Like, and, and I mean that by, you know, so one of those things, one of the things that would be considered is clarity, being really clear on, on expectations, what people need to be doing, what they can expect from you. And just like, have, like, I think most of us, we start these gyms because we hated corporate life and we hated having meetings and we hated all the things that came along with that. And unfortunately, I think what, what it did was like kind of threw that stuff by the wayside and it kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater. But so now instead, it's like being incredibly clear on who you're serving, what your mission statement is, what your vision is for the gym, what everybody's supposed to be doing, who, who people answer to, what their jobs actually entail, who answers to who as far as, um, you know, when problems, problems occur. There's a lot of those things that like, I think as entrepreneurs, we have them in our head and we, it's like, oh, that's so obvious, but it doesn't always come right. out. Right. And I've messed that up many, many times. 
The level method helps keep regular folks interested in their fitness for longer because we can show them a specific path and then help them steadily reach their goals safely. It's a total game changer that creates powerful moments they'll never forget. Go to levelmethod.com to find out more. I think failure, learning from failure, what, what um, <clears throat> John Maxwell would call failing up, I believe, or failing forward, one of those, is, is a superpower. Uh, you yeah. listen to the mega successful people and they will tell you that their failures made them what they are today. So I think that is a superpower. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, so this, this evolution from being everything and all to the business to uh, how much are you, how much do you step into the, the building these days? Cause I know you're mentoring, so you're busy doing that. Your wife yeah. is there. So it probably draws you in quite a bit, but. You know, it's funny now, so there was a mo part of the, the season of that same Mexico trip was like, I'm not going in. Like, I'm just going to see what happens. And that's another one of the superpowers is like delegation and trusting your team, like hiring the best people who have the best, who have the best personality and who can pro solve problems. Like they might not always do exactly what you would do, but trusting them to do, to do well and to do why you hired them and to like, you know, if they screw it up, it's not the end of the world. Like that's another, another superpower is understanding that nothing that you do right now is going to be that big of a deal in the future. You know, you might, it's good. you know, like you might make some people mad, you might make a poor decision, but it's all fixable. And like the things that I lost sleep about two and three years ago, like I can't even remember anymore. Like there's no, none of those problems are the same problems for today. And, um, so anyways, um, as far as how often I'm that, there at the gym, I'm actually there frequently by choice. And I found, I got really depressed when I wasn't there. Like it was just like a little bit of a lack of purpose, which is another challenge for entrepreneurs is they, yeah. you know, a functional retirement sounds really cool. And I don't know that I like I'm totally functionally retired being able to leave for a month sounds, sounds certainly like it, but you said, you always kind of get pulled back in, but it was really depressing. Like, I think there was two or three months where I didn't, I just kind of said, yeah, I'm not going in. I'm going to do what I have to and answer phone calls and if people email me, I'll respond, but I'm not going to like proactively go in there. And that was one of the more depressing periods of my life. Cause it was like, man, this is all I wanted. Like I was, I, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into this place, laid awake, coached, you know, 30 classes a week forever and made this my baby. And now I'm not involved in it anymore. And it's actually going well, like this doesn't need me anymore. Like it's really, it's, you know, I, I, that's where y'all, everybody wants to get to, but it, it was really, really hard. Well, and, um, sorry, go ahead. No, this is something I've been thinking a lot about over the last two years is you, you know, there's this, this pie in the sky idea of I have this gym and then I can walk away and it's still going to make money. But there's this, this piece of this identity you have wrapped in it because of the blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. And, and I've seen so many owners, uh, do this sort of walk away and then it, they do. I watched them experience this turmoil. Like, yeah. what am I doing? Um, you know, uh, I'm bored or I try to do another business and it doesn't work or they step out, they kind of lose themselves and the business goes to crap. Um, yeah. So there's a really fine line there. I mean, I, I've done this functional retirement thing too in my thirties and I was, I was like a, a babbling idiot. I had no clue what I was doing. I was bored. Um, I, I thought working out two to three times a day was going to be the best thing ever. And it was horrible, horrible. 
It was horrible. Yeah. So yeah. I totally get it. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm wondering is how, how do you bridge that gap from everything every day, all day to going in when you want? And maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's the answer because you do like to go in. So you're involved in that way, but you know, yeah, I, I, I want to uh... help people understand the implications business owners who want to get there. I want them to, I want to help them understand the implications of getting there and then some, some points to, for success by getting into that point. Like, how do you get yeah. that success? How do you get that pleasure? How do you get that, that ultimate feeling? Cause I think you've kind of, you're there. Yeah. So I think it's finding out what your purpose within the gym is. Cause there's always stuff to do and there's always higher level things. Like I, one of my big missions that I, I uncovered, you know, three or four years ago was having full-time well-compensated employees with benefits who could make this a career. And that was my big, that was the drum I was, I was banging on for years. And I said, oh, someday we're going to have a team. Someday we're going to have a team of full-time people who are, this is all they do. And they can devote to research and read and knowing and being, you know, taking it as seriously as I did. And now what my role is, is mentoring them in their careers in a little bit of the fitness thing. You know, like I'm not, I'm not our head coach. We have a head coach and she's phenomenal. I still have wisdom to impart. Like I was the guy I went, I did the circuit of certifications. Like I went and did everything you could think of. And so I still have a lot of wisdom to impart, which I can impart upon her. We have a weekly meeting and I have weekly meetings with all my other full-timers just to like talk about, Hey, you know, if you want to make more money, this is how you make more money. If you want to, like, you need to find your target audience, the people that you love to work with, you need to talk to them and you need to develop this so you can then get closer to your perfect day and live it like I'm able to live mine. And so it's not so much like uh, messing with the business so much as it is like helping other people up the ladder. That's awesome. And so what my day looks like is I, I'm super routine oriented. That's another thing that like I get real like depressed if I don't feel like I'm on my routine and kind of marching forward. And so part of that routine is I'm there most days still at 6 a.m., which I was never a morning person. But now I'm, I, I was, you know, I get up at 445. I lay in bed till about five. I get up, I do yoga, I meditate, I take a cold shower, I go to the gym at six, and then I'm usually there until about nine when I go home, have breakfast, come back, have meetings, have some uh, two brain calls throughout the day. Um, and most of that, again, is by choice. Like I don't have meetings from six to nine, but it's just, I like being around. One of the things I said to my mentor a long time ago is I want to be the mayor. Like I want to go in, shake hands, kiss babies, and like perfect, say hi to everybody. Yeah. Cause it's all my, they're all my, you know, my best friends. Yeah. And it was really illuminated to me last week or the week before I was just kind of, kind of a, I wasn't in a very good mood and I can't remember why it could have been any one of the things that was going on in the world. lately. And I just said to my, I said to my wife, I said, Hey, I'm going to the gym. I just need to be around my people. And I went to the gym 15 minutes later, I was in a tremendous, I was just, I was right back. Um, so that's what my, that's what it looks like. And that's how I found peace and, and satisfaction. So that's incredible. I think, um, I think staying in touch, you know, a lot of, a lot of business, a lot of gym owners get into it because one, they think they can do it better than somebody else or two, they really care for other people and really have a, a, a mission to help other people. And if you totally step away from that, it, like you said, you kind of lose that purpose. And I think that's, um, that might be the, the ticket, right? These are still your people. It's still your community. Yeah. 
Exactly. And it's like now kind of, it sounds super grandiose, but now it's just like a visionary. And it's, uh, you know, Josh, Josh Price said to me a while ago, it's like remove, remove obstacles and, and create opportunities. Yep. And that's what I'm able to do for my team now. And it's super rewarding, but you know, the, the, uh, fisherman parable of, you know, whatever the, whatever the short, whatever the long version is, the short version is the guy goes down to on his fishing trip and he tries to sell this guy on making this some grandiose fishing tour thing. And he asked the guy, the, Oh, the fisherman then asked the guy, well, well then what would I do after that? And the guy says, well, I keep fishing. And it's like, well, I created this gym so I could coach fitness and save lives and, 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 you know, empower people to understand their true potential. And so if I walk away from this gym, like, what am I going to do? I could, I'll go start another gym <laughs> and then I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. You know. That's, that's great. Now you re- mentioned a few minutes ago, um, you're, you're routine, you're a very routine person. And yeah. I, um, do you feel that having a routine is, uh, another superpower or success? You know, I've never thought about it that way, but I think, I think certainly there's some, some tools, uh, well, the book's already been written, but tools of Titans, uh, that is one of those things that kind of keeps coming through. It's like having a routine, journaling, doing vision, like kind of mapping out the future and working backwards, meditating, reading, you know, there's some of those things that it's like, okay, the best of the best are doing these things. Like maybe I should do those things too. Yeah. And having a routine is for sure. One of those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned vision or vivid vision. Um, were you referring to the book and the process written out by, I can't remember the author, um, Josh Price turned me on to it. I read it speaking of Josh Price and, um, I went through the whole practice. It was incredible. Have you done that for your gym? Yep. We're actually in the middle of it right now. Um, it's Cameron Harold is one of the authors. I, I don't know if he's the sole author or not, but I know he's uh, one of, if not the author of that. And yeah, so he spoke at two brain summit, uh, the recent one, the virtual summit. Oh, I didn't realize and that. We, cool. Yeah. And then, uh, so Jen and I did that our vivid vision during summit and then came back and continued to refine it. And we are not the things that we have left to do or make it really polished and really presentable, which is, I think I'm missing everybody. I think is, okay, well, what's your five-year plan or three-year plan or one-year plan, but to like, really like, okay, we're going to make this into like a presentable thing that our team can see our staff knows where we're going. Um, that's what needs to happen for us now. So yeah, it's a powerful process. It's a really powerful process. P- other people can, if, if they buy into it, which you hope they would, if their staff um, can lock arms with you and help you realize that, which is, especially if you have them written in it, right? <laughs> like you should like, yeah. what it look like for them. A hundred percent. And I think that having, coming back to the clarity thing, because I think I missed out on, on that a lot in the beginning where, you know, one of the things that as you evolve as a gym, I think this is a really common common story is like you have your competitors and people who want to go to the games and that and really it's not there's a lot of drawbacks to that um but to have been clear on that from the beginning like where we have these kind of slow divisions of like wait a minute why are we doing this why are we doing this like well no this is how we're going to help the people that we want to help would have created a lot or would have relieved a lot of stress and problems from the beginning to be like hey this is where we're going now like let's all get on board and if that doesn't jive, like I totally understand it's nothing against you, but this is where we're going. So I'd love it if you join us. Isn't it easier to make decisions when you have a vision that guides you in everything you do? 
Um, yes. I talk with a lot of gyms that are bringing on level method. I'm like, what's your vision? Do you have a vision statement written out? Do you have gym values? And, and if you do, like, does, does every decision you make fall in line with that? Because if it doesn't, it's going to be really hard to explain to someone why you're living or dying by a decision you're making. Um, yeah. And I think that's really, you just made an incredible point. What I want to really want people to hear is that almost separates you from awkward and, and bad situations when you're talking with individuals, because it's not about yeah. you. It's about my vision. My vision is this. And right now we're not aligning and we need to part ways because we're not aligning, which is a lot easier. And like, I don't like you go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's not personal. It's not a judgment. It's just like, Hey, this is what's important to me and I'm headed this way. So yeah. Um, but that's right. I mean, what you said is exactly, it makes every decision so much easier as far as, and, it, and conversely, again, that's where I think I've, I faltered in the beginning and I'm probably still doing this a little bit, but to like, let everybody know where we're headed and who we're trying to serve and what we're trying to achieve. Uh, and that's why I'm really fast. I'm really interested to get that vivid vision done so I can present it to my employees who I think all are pretty, uh, they all know that or they should know, but I don't know that our, our clients know that. And I think that's important as well. Oh so. man. Yeah. Like it's the same, it's the same scenario. I mean, sometimes you have those situations with the clients where you have to part ways or they don't understand why you've made a decision. And if you can share that with them very clearly, very, very clearly yeah. laid out, this is why it's like, Oh yeah. It's not just a willy-nilly decision. If they're not going to follow it, fall in line with it, it the decision is super easy. It's time for yep. separation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, the clarity on like where, like, if, for example, like I can think of, an, we're pretty much full right now at our gym and like, we're not, so our classes are at capacity, some of our classes are at capacity. And I think that's probably frustrating for some people. Absolutely. And to be, to say, Hey, listen, like we're done. Like we're not, like we're not taking people at this class time anymore. Like don't, don't be, uh, don't be too concerned. Like I'm, we're on it. This is what we're doing. Like this was, was by design and here we are. And so that's just one small, you know, little thing to sort out, but it is like a, oh, wait, if they understand and know that, then there's probably not any background chatter. Like, well, what's he doing? He's just trying to cram this place. <laughs> it's like, oh no, no, exactly. we're on it. <laughs> exactly. So. That's really good because that is, that's another way to remove chatter, remove the, the other stuff that can go on and cause drama within your walls. So I know that Sandpoint strength and conditioning um, always hasn't been rainbows and unicorns. And I know it's not today. I mean, we're still dealing with a lot of things going on in our, in our country and in our communities with COVID, but um, like, like <clears throat> you, you've had to do some intentional work to get it to a point where it's at today, where you are working on a vivid vision and where you do have staff that are in alignment with you and you are full like gym gym owners listening to this now are either super happy for you or they're really pissed because they're not at that place, right? <laughs> um, because that's that is a that's a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful place to be, as long as you're getting the value out of the people. You you you, you know you're getting your um, your arm is where it needs to be. Your average uh, revenue. Yeah. So, what was the worst point though? I mean, where did you have any like aha moments or like these where you hit the wall and you're like something's got to change. Like you were doing something wrong and you needed to fix it. So there's a couple and you know, this is going to sound, I wish I had some like terrible story from rags to riches or whatever in this journey. 
but it's really been pretty good to, in all in all honesty. Some of the things though that were really stand out was the buyout of my partners. That was really tough. Like that's just like it's just hard conversations and hard to like. Again, it's not a personal thing, and I I think that can get contentious because it feels personal. Like you're saying, hey, I don't want to be. You're essentially asking for a divorce from somebody. Right. And it's really doesn't have that much to do with them. It's just, hey, this is my thing. And I've been doing this. In my case, it was, hey, this is my thing. This is just not really working out as it is. And so that was incredible. That was a tough three or four month period of like just kind of negotiating through that and making that work seamlessly. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of really valuable takeaways from that. But I think that other than that. There is a lot of people go through that. And I, I think it's encouraging to hear, you know, that it, it can turn the corner and that the reason I think a lot of people personalize that I went through it. I personalized yeah. it. I took it personal or for me, I made the decision to break away. I, I'm like, I want this full. I want it just like you. I want it all. Yeah. It's my thing. Yeah. Um, but it, there was still hurt in that, that I made the decision that may have hurt somebody by saying, Hey, so I think there's a lot to take away from that. Just realizing that other yeah. people have gone through it and you've gone through it and you have a, a beautiful business now. So that's encouraging. Yeah. And I think that's just having the conversations and saying, look, like you kind of know it's again, it comes back to your vision. Like, what do you want to do? Do you is five years from now with those partners? And for me, it was definitely, it was a definitely a not. And, uh, you know, I think again, it's to have the conversation and just like make it not as a, as a little emotion as you possibly can is probably the best thing there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm helping some people through that as it is, or as uh, at this point. And, I was gonna say, you, you know, know well that, that a lot of people work through this. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's a difficult process, but it's it's pretty typical inside of uh, partnerships. Not every partnership, but it is pretty typical inside of partnerships. So many of us are, so many gym owners are such novice business owners that it gets so like in the weeds and emotional and like valuations come from feelings instead of facts and just like wait 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 let's come back to this had we been a more astute business owners we'd be able to probably come to a pretty an agreement pretty quick but when everybody thinks it's their baby it's hard yeah yeah um so i want to get to level method because honestly i don't remember i remember our talk our first talk the set your sales call really well i i just for some reason i probably because you were in mexico <laughs> yeah, like a jerk. <laughs> I, I was wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, what, why, why did you decide to bring level method on? Man. So I think I actually talked to Nate. I might've talked to Nathan before you, I think a year before I even talked to you. you, it was like just in the fledgling yeah. beginnings of it. And it made so much sense to me. It just was like this, this is what I've been looking for. We had done, we had done so we started out, it was like freaking CrossFit level one, like strength, shoulder press one day for sets of three. And then the next day would be fight gun back, you know, whatever. And then we, then we evolved into, I did all the program design and we did, it was, so it was one program. And then we did leveled programming, which was just like RX scaled. Yep. And then uh, we started using we started ripping off CrossFit Invictus for a while, which we did their performance and function, or sorry, performance and shoot. We called it performance and function. What's the other one? I, should, yeah, I, should I don't know. I, I've yeah, looked, it's been a I don't remember either. <laughs> it's really great. It's yeah. really great. And so 
I went through, like I said before, I went through kind of the, the circuit of certifications. And one of those was OPEX. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through the whole OPEX CP, CCP program. I think I was the first coach in Idaho, actually. And um, so, and CJ Martin was one of the first period. And so it really, and, and OPT or uh, OPT at the time had their own blog, their own fitness programming blog. And that all really resonated with all the stuff that James was teaching as far as like, okay, here's this avatar. You have a sport avatar. You have a performance avatar who's like, okay, I'm interested in, you know, doing the open. Uh, I'm interested in maxing out my lifts. I'm interested in ultimate performance. And then you have this function avatar. Oh, uh, Invictus calls it fitness. Sorry. And uh, function avatar of like, okay, I just want to like look better, feel better and keep doing this until I'm 90. And so we really used that a lot. And I really liked that. It was good. But the problem was it just wasn't very systematic. It just, there was no, you know, I think one of the common things is like, okay, no kipping pull-ups till you can do a strict pull-up or whatever, whatever the, the metric has been. It's always been like, okay, three strict pull-ups and then you can do a kipping pull-up or like, you know, it's, there's so many arbitrary things that just didn't really make a lot of linear sense. And so we would have people that were doing, performance that really had no business doing performance nothing against them i this is a totally objective like hey you should be here and move your way into here or people that wanted to do sport and had no business doing that and so there was hard for me as a coach and this is probably a shortcoming as a coach like i couldn't explain to somebody very well hey you should be doing this and they either wouldn't trust me or it just wouldn't really like there wasn't any like linear hey if you can do this then you should be here and if you can do this then you should be here and then it was like, how do I get to those places? And so those things really weighed on me a lot. I'd see, I'd be walking through my classes and I'd see someone just like, you know, the look where they're doing this, like they have this grimace on their face, snatching with their arms bent. It's almost hits them in the <laughs> face. And there's, you know, it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, this is not serving anybody. Right. And so, and, and the, the metrics of, of knowing where you stand like that was another thing that was like okay well we can have our max boards but like is that really that interesting like does that what does that say that's not very all-encompassing like what are the what are the benchmarks that we want to use and why like our crossfit benchmarks really even like what are they proving what are they show what are they demonstrating if you do it if you do a 10 minute fran versus a three minute fran like where's the where's the discrepancy there is it because you because as we know like lactic tolerance in the level method uh phrase or is it because you're absolute strength like where's the thing i had all these things these would keep me up at night and so when i saw nathan's level method stuff in the beginning i was like oh my gosh like this is it like this is the thing i've been looking for like how have i not known about this and i think he just kind of like i don't actually don't know the original story how he kind of mapped it out but i know obviously it was a ton of work um and he's been through i think some of the same stuff i have but in in any case it was just like this is the this is eureka like i've found exactly what i've been looking for and uh, I think we held off because I think it was in such, I think at the time you had to fly to LA to do or, all the training. Or pay them to come to you. Yeah. 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 It was something like that. And it training. just kind of, it was kind of uh, like, I think I remember telling, I was like, dude, Nathan, you I actually probably, I actually I could probably dig up the email. Cause I remember, I think I had an email exchange with him and there was something along the lines like, dude, I think what you have is incredible. I just like, I don't know if I want to be one of the first space monkeys out there, like flying around figuring out what's what's up and that was just like yeah you know if at the time i probably my gym was probably 150 or more people um yeah and, and so i'm oh, sorry one other thing like just this is going to sound like i'm a mouthpiece for level method but like 
the celebration of PRs for people and the progress thing is so incredible. Like I remember how many people have started at my gym that were like, you know, they're back squatting, whatever, 135 pounds for reps now. And I say to them, Hey, remember when you started with me, we were doing foundations, you back squatted with like a PVC pipe. And like, yeah, I kind of remember that. Like, there's just no like concrete. Hey, this is where you were. This is where you are. Holy cow. That's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, it was just so obvious to me that this was just a brilliant piece of art. Awesome, man. That's awesome. So <clears throat> what would your like, one one piece of suggestion, or if you had one piece of advice for someone who's kind of coming up as a, as a gym owner and it has gotten to that point where they are in the weeds right now, they're in the weeds in their business, you know, they're, they're doing everything and they see the light, <laughs> like they see, I want to get there. What's one piece of advice for them? Find a mentor. Mm-hmm. That's, that's real. I don't know if it's selfish, um, but yeah, that's like that find a mentor is like the answer for sure. It's just so, you know, there's so many of us that have done it. Um, Chris with the roadmap has now created essentially like a very similar thing to what level method created was for fitness, but for business ownership and yeah. to see that as far as like, Hey, I'm here. I want to be here. What are the steps to do that and how to get there and who can help me navigate this is just so like, there's nothing without, I would not be anywhere near where I am without, without two ring, without the mentors and without that, you know, structure of where to go from where we are. Because before I even signed up with two brain, I had things going pretty well. Like I was making an income and I was doing fine, but I knew that there was the right way to do things. I knew that gyms had done it before. And if you, if you try and sort through the weeds on, on the, the biggest Facebook group for affiliate owners, like you're going to be, you're going to lose your mind. And you're going to go chasing straws, chasing uh, rabbit holes for, for the end until the end of time. So when I signed up with them, I was like, okay, here, do this. Come back to me when you're done. Okay, cool. Go do this. Come back. And so it just became this process of, okay, where do I want to go? How do I get there? And who's going to hold me accountable and help me navigate through the challenges? It just was such a no brainer. Yeah. I saw recently on that same group that you were talking about, um, and this is no cut on it, but someone's like, why would I pay someone when I have this group? And my mind almost exploded because that group is full of really, really bad advice. Um, I mean, anybody can give it for free. You know, I want to support that your statement in that not only a mentor, because mentors are amazing, but a mentor <laughs> that you have a personal investment to get. I honestly yeah. believe that you, you you will put in what you the effort comparatively to the money you put in because there's a lot at stake for you. And some people are like, I can't afford it. I'm like, you cannot afford not to. And personally, not in the gym, in the gym realm, personally, I put over $10,000 in 2020 into mentoring. And I'm telling you right now, like I, could I afford it? No, but could I afford not to? Absolutely not. Right. Like uh, it's the difference between um, not just surviving a year like 2020. It's a difference of thriving in a year like 2020, where you do get to make, you just got back from a month trip and then you went into COVID and you're still open and you have max capacity. That's a testament. Yeah. And to have those conversations, like I still, like I'm on the other side of it now. I'm still in the, I'm still in the, you know, the gym ownership weeds, but I'm also on the other side of it, helping other gym owners. And I still talk to my mentor 
and say, man, what, what do I do? And he calms me down and says, all right, this is what we're going to do. Here's the plan. Here's where we're going. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, all right, we're great. And uh, I look forward to those monthly calls and uh, all the work around it. It's just, you know, I think that like, it's like what we're selling for fitness. Like most of us don't need accountability because we've been like, this is what we live. We know live, eat and breathe fitness, but we don't know business. And so what we're providing for our clients with the accountability, the community and the best practices, the same thing we're providing as mentors to be like, Hey, look, this is, this is it. Here, here's how to do it. You're probably going to need someone to make sure you're doing it. And that's who I, I'm. And then there's, you're probably going to encounter problems along the way. And we're going to help you solve that stuff. So accountability or guidance, accountability, um, someone to help you problem solve. I mean, it, those, yeah. those things like talk about removing uh, barriers to folding. I mean, the, the, those yeah. are the biggest barriers that, that are out there. And I, I think, um, you know, obviously I, 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 I love the two brain system. Um, I know it very well, just from all the gym owners, there's others out there and they're probably phenomenal. Um, so I highly agree with you. I love that. Um, man, what a great conversation. So on, uh, to, to, I've enjoyed it obviously, but, uh, <laughs> I love every conversation I have with myself. No, um, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so time goes by fast. It's been an hour and I couldn't believe, I was like, wow, this is okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. No, I, I have like, I have like 40 other questions. So I'm trying to narrow it down. It's a little bit of the, the thing going on here, but um, what has been the best book you've read or listened to? doesn't matter in the, in the last span of time that you can remember best for you. Man, that's tough. I don't know if I can answer one. That's so, how about just a like, good one? Uh, a good one. So right now has been uh, Brene Brown's uh, Daring Greatly. Mm. I'm, I'm in the middle of that one. I really, I just enjoyed that one a lot, but that, I don't know I haven't finished it, so I can't speak to it. And I think there's a lead's going to be even better, which I have not read yet. So, but I think Crucial Conversations actually is one of the books that I would recommend to everybody. I think that's like a, Hey, look, I told, uh, a conversation with somebody earlier today. And I said, you know, I don't do a lot in my gym, but when I do it's intense, like there's, it's usually like having a really hard conversation with somebody that nobody else wants to have. Yeah. And that's like to have that training is, is, or, or have the framework on how to have those conversations is imperative. Yeah. One of the podcasts that I just recorded that just aired with, um, Ben Jakeman, who has gone through the ringer, um, with business and coaches and members even family members. And for him, um, he said crucial conversations was a game changer because it teaches yep. you how to have the, and I agree, it teaches you how to have, how to have these hard conversations in a way that benefits everyone and, and gets you moving forward. So that's yeah. a, it's a really good recommendation. Um, who's the author of that again? See, I'm, I'm failing right now. Carol um, Dweck. No, that's mindset. Sorry. Um, which is another great book, but, uh, it is. I should have my glasses on because it's on my bookshelf right in front of me. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> but it, it, as far as uh, for a business uh -huh. owner, you, you, you're going to have a lot of hard conversations all the time if you're doing something right. It's just yeah. the way it is. Did you see it, figure out who it was? No. I, okay. I, uh... I'll put it in the show notes. So <laughs> crucial conversations is, is definitely, if you're a gym owner, is definitely one. 
you've got to get into right away. And then of course, everything Brene Brown is pretty incredible. Um, so those are great recommendations. Well, Kenny, thank you uh, very much for uh, filling us up with what it takes to be, in my opinion, an extraordinary business owner. And, and um, I, I watch you from a distance, but I, I watch carefully and I'm, I've been extremely impressed. So way to go, man. Thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, thanks. It's like we said before we even started, like the look behind the veil, like there's so much like chaos that I see and uh, it's no, it's, but I appreciate it. And uh, I think that's like some of that imposter syndrome. I see that with a lot of, a lot of clients too, mentee clients is that they feel like they shouldn't be screwing things up. Right. Like the fact of the matter is we screw things up every day, all day. It's just a matter of like, okay, how do we fix this and move forward? Make it your uh, superpower. Yeah. Make it your yeah. superpower, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. excellent. Well, thank you, sir. Have a great week. No, thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Gym Mastery Podcast. Yes, you're on the right podcast. This is the Gym Mastery Podcast, formerly Legion Chalk Talk Podcast. So you're in the right place. Thank you so much for listening. We have changed our name. You can find us at the same places you found us before. And if you are new as a listener, I would highly encourage you to hit the subscribe button. If you are a visual listener, you can check us out on YouTube. We have a uh, Level Method channel on YouTube and these podcasts are aired there as well with um, the uh, lovely face made for podcasting. So you, you can you can check out us on YouTube and uh, we just appreciate all our listeners. So give us a review, a really good review. And if you want to know more about Level Method, just head over to the website, levelmethod.com. If you want to know more about Kenny or his gym in Idaho, check out our show notes. All those links are there. We appreciate all of you. Have a superb week.